If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Chocolate can be your strength. I've been searching high and low for cocoa products that deliver meaningful amounts of healthful flavanols with great flavor and minimal sugar. So I'm thrilled to have found Flava Naturals. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain and heart function, including a recent Harvard study showing a 27% reduction in cardiovascular death. But you need to eat five or more ordinary dark chocolate bars every day to match the flavanols consumed in most of these studies. Flava Naturals Performance Dark Chocolate Cocoa Powder and beverages deliver five to nine times the flavanols of typical dark chocolate. Their secret is sourcing premium, high flavanol cocoa beans and processing them naturally. The result is decadent dark chocolate with the flavanol levels needed to fuel brain and cardio performance. I use it every day. For more information and to order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. It's our weekly attempt to address your questions. Questions can be sent to us at questions at drhoffman.net. And we got a full mailbag of questions to address in this yes. part two of today's Q&A with Layla. So, late on me, Layla. Okay, we've got an email from Michael, who is bringing to our attention... Uh, Peter Attia's critique of nicotinamide riboside. Apparently, there was a mouse study done. I think we touched on this. Yeah, I, I, I read. I past. mean, I listened to uh, Peter Attia's podcast. Yes, yes. And uh, you know, as a podcaster, I like to listen to other people's podcasts. Absolutely. And so he do does. I. He does an excellent podcast. Yeah. Uh, another podcast that I like listening to. Uh, is Dr. Andrew Huberman's podcast. He's a mm-hmm. neuroscientist at uh, at Stanford, and both of them attempt to uh, interpret science for the public to offer practical solutions about lifestyle and diet yeah. and things like should I drink alcohol? Should I smoke pot? Uh, you know, what's the best way to enhance muscle strength? What's the best way to stave off aging? Yeah. You know, they have topics like sleep, and you know, it's, it's very interesting. It's right in my wheelhouse, mm-hmm. and. Uh, where I dissent from Peter Atiyah, uh, although I enjoy him very much and I respect him because he's just a brilliant guy, yeah. is his uh, skepticism about supplements in general, mm-hmm. uh, although uh, some of them he is supportive of. Yes. Uh, he is, for example, uh, very supportive of um, the use of um, uh, anti-aging drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I'm not entirely sure there's evidence that they really are safe and effective. Yeah. Uh, whereas when it comes to nicotinamide riboside, he seems to have a, a blind spot or, uh, you know, just maybe an inherent, maybe there's an element of bias there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he does have reason to have some concerns about it because some studies on nicotinamide riboside have suggested that A, it's not that bioavailable. Yeah. B, that it has little impact on aging itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, one of the, and I forget the name of this famous compendium of anti-aging studies, but when they tested nicotinamide riboside, uh, they didn't find it was that helpful. Yes. And, and he, he actually mentions that. Uh, he says, 
uh, the, 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 quest, the questioner, the questioner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The evidence supporting their anti-aging benefits is too unconvincing to overcome the risk of cancer acceleration. Well, that's what he says. Peter, that's what he says. Peter Abbott, but I yeah. see that's that's where that's where I think he's got it wrong. Mm. I think that the risk that it can accelerate cancer is vanishingly small based on one study which was misrepresented in the clickbait yeah. media is that you know popular supplement can cause cancer and it was like what are they talking about and then i looked at nicotine riboside i take that every day oh my god you know and then i looked at it and it's a mouse study and it's done under unusual circumstances where the mice are you know bred to be extraordinarily prone yes, to cancer and then injected and then with, they're injected with cancer cells yes and then uh there was a somewhat of a trend founder right there there okay. was somewhat of a trend towards a uh, higher incidence of metastatic uh breast cancer yes in the mice who were mm-hmm. given nicotine riboside but still a lot of the control mice got cancer anyway yeah but it was just statistically living in a lab and and being chronic chronically prodded and yeah you <laughs> talk about a miserable life yeah I don't think it's I don't think it's, it's these were unhappy mice yeah, I don't think it's relevant to human yeah. experience um, sure and you know it, it it was even to the point where one of the study authors mm-hmm. kind of descended from the study and said you know I don't think you can draw that kind of conclusion from our study sure uh, I think yeah. it was uh, you know, preliminary investigation. It shouldn't gotten all that splash that it got. Mm-hmm. But then there are people who are happy to jump on studies to impugn the value of supplements. Now, sure. so what? Just to basic biology. Nicotinamide riboside is a, it's a B three, but it's mm-hmm. kind of an amped up B three, mm-hmm. where nicotinamide is a uh, precursor to NAD. Nicotinamide adenine adenine dinucleotide, which is yeah. an energy, um, uh, it's an energy. Uh, molecule yes. in the body, and it's depleted in disease states and in aging. Yeah. And the idea is, if you support it, you could affect aging process itself or maybe It's disease. necessary for metabolism. Yeah, let's exactly. put it that way. We we need it. Yeah. And nicotinamide riboside, according to many studies I've looked at, does it contrary to what Peter Atia says. And, I, and I, by the way, I listened to the podcast and I said. Wow, the guy he's talking to really knows his his biochemistry, and, and I have to say it's above my pay grade to evaluate mm-hmm. the expertise of a guy talking at such a high level of molecular biology. Mm-hmm. And he said, "Well, you know, a lot of studies show that it doesn't get there, it doesn't do anything, it doesn't go into the cell. There's no receptors or something like that, whatever." Mm. Um, but then again, there are studies that show that taking it orally increases the level of NAD. Yeah. Uh, taking it has consequences. Of the, one of the latest studies is uh, a preclinical study demonstrates protection against light-induced retinal degeneration wow. yeah. uh, in a mouse model again. Mm-hmm. Paves the way for future research in humans studying age-related declines in like macular degeneration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, um, I'm thinking that there is uh, some, uh, you know, rationale for taking this yeah and you know i take it uh for energy i take it for anti-aging purposes mm-hmm. uh i'm not concerned about a risk for cancer but i you know i i might in someone who has active cancer yeah uh, just as i'd say don't take a lot of b vitamins yeah you know because they're growth factors and maybe the cancer cells can grow faster by yeah. feeding off of excess b vitamins i say maybe give it a rest if you have 
If you right. have, you're recovering from cancer. Yeah. Um, you know, until we have more information. But here's another interesting fact. Hmm. What goes against that is that uh, for skin cancer, nicotinamide, which is sort of like the the cheap version of yes. that, is actually protective against skin cancer. It reduces the recurrence rate of skin cancer by like sixty percent. Right, by addressing some degree of actinic. Keratosis, yeah. which is the precursor. Right, in something. actinic keratosis, but yeah. in preventing recurrences of basal cell and, mm-hmm. and squamous cell cancer mm-hmm. at doses that are fairly high. So I, I don't see how that squares with increasing the risk for cancer. Yeah. Although there, that's a different, we're talking breast cancer in the mouse model and in the study. By the way, in, in that study was in the New England Journal of Medicine. Yeah. That is not, and that's a journal that's not very kind to studies of vitamins and supplements. Yeah. But they, they published it because it was rigorous research mm-hmm. that showed there was a protective effect on people. You know, these people keep getting a dermatologist, they scraping the barnacles off all the time. Those people would be well advised to take nicotinamide riboside sure. at the dose of 1,500 a day. Wow. 503 times a day is the yes. dose used in the study. Yeah. Um, so that's safely good. and you know, mm-hmm. well tolerated. And unlike niacin, doesn't affect the liver. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, I think that this controversy has to be worked out at the scientific level. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another variant of nicotinamide riboside called NMN, yes. which has now been taken off the vitamin list and has been placed on the only prescription list yeah. because it's being developed as a drug by David Sinclair of resveratrol fame. Yes. And a lot of people are, are, are ticked off at David Sinclair because what he's done is he's sort of guarding his uh, prerogative to make a prescription medication out of a supplement mm. okay. and, you know, in effect, closing out the competition. Yeah. Mm. Well, that actually, that axe yeah. has not fallen yet. Okay. Uh, there, It may be that it'll be worked out like NAC was worked out because okay. NAC exists as a, as a drug. But it was allowed to be continued to be marketed as a supplement mm-hmm. for now. We have a follow-up question sure. on nicotinamide riboside and methyl donors. This is from John. Uh-huh. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. My question is about NR and the need for methyl donors. Mm-hmm. As you know, B3 is a methyl donor, and many doctors recommend other methyl donors for liver, liver health like lecithin while on B3. Now, B3 is niacin. Now, certain people have downplayed the need for methyl donors, but taking 1,000 milligrams or more of nicotinamide riboside every day without methyl support seems questionable. What are your thoughts? Big fan of your show. Thank you. Well, um, the methyl donors would already be in a B complex. The key ones are, are, are not B3. Yeah. The key ones are uh, B12, B6, and folate, which is sometimes referred to as what? B9. Yes. And mm-hmm. there's also some involvement of riboflavin in the methylation process. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that um, it may be that too much B3, according to some people, depletes mm-hmm. um, your uh, methyl methylation precursors. Mm. Um, so that, And I'm reading from an article on this. There's been some speculation that very high doses of B3 vitamins could put a strain on the body's methyl donors and even lead to methyl donor depletion. 
Um, That's interesting. So, however... It's like taking too much of one B vitamin, say B6, without taking the rest can cause depletions in the other B vitamins. Right. It's almost analogous right. to that, what you're saying, I think. So, I guess... Um, and the bottom line is, they say, while there is evidence that niacin and nicotinamide can affect the body's methyl donor reserves, mm -hmm. no such evidence has yet been established for nicotinamide riboside, which is a version of B3. Okay. Um, so I think the answer is if you're taking high-dose B3, mm -hmm. just take a, take a multivitamin or a B-complex yeah. or even one of these... Uh, this product called methyl CPG, which has not only B12, B folate, and uh, B6, but B6. it also has uh, something called um, trimethylglycine. trimethylglycine, yeah, mm -hmm. which is uh, which I've heard pronounced. It's betaine, betaine, but it, but I heard somebody pronounce it betaine, 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 aluminium. <laughs> yeah, but it was an American who pronounced it. Was it was an American it, who yeah. said, okay. Betaine. Be, yeah, betaine. And, and yeah, and he. They, they said it was an advisable thing to take with carnitine hmm. as, okay. a, as a complement to carnitine. Carnitine is great, yeah. Uh, okay. So, so that's something taking a B complex, a, a multi. And remember, John, and everybody else listening, you're also getting your nutrition from your food. So you're getting methyl donors there, maybe not in the. In the milligrams that we're talking about, but you're we, getting we're some. We're getting. See, I think what we're seeing we here food. is there's some wonky regions of nutritional science, and there are these little tempests in the teapot that sometimes arise. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God, you know, don't take B3 because it'll deplete your methylation, and blah, 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 you know, you get like. Um, so, do we stop eating foods that have B3 in them? No. Well, right. They. But they they may not have such mega doses of sure. B three, you know. Sure. In fact, so let's concede that we're doing um, some more mega dosing when yeah. we take things like that. Yeah. But um, niacin or a form of B three was found not to be helpful for cardiovascular disease protection, although it's great for lowering cholesterol, raising HDL, mm -hmm. and lowering triglycerides. But mm -hmm. it does not have the hit the endpoint of reducing cardiovascular right. disease or Cardiovascular death. And high doses of, of niacin, B3, we need to watch liver. Liver, function. right. Mm -hmm. um, there was the book, The Eight-Week Cholesterol Cure, by a guy named Kowalski in the 80s. And he got sued by a group of patients who followed his advice and developed uh, liver failure. Uh, oh because he, well, they weren't warned about the possibility that high-dose niacin to lower their cholesterol could damage their livers. Wow. Wow. So. So, John, there you go. And thank you to Michael uh, about and, and to Dennis, who also wrote about the, uh, the nicotinamide riboside uh, in the crosshairs. Right. And, and I've, I've expressed that publicly. And, I've, you know, I'm on Twitter, and a lot of people have supported my view that, uh, you know, while I respect Peter Atia, yeah. I um, mm -hmm. uh, humbly disagree. Yeah. With his conclusion that mm -hmm. the risks outweigh the benefits of nicotinamide riboside. Yeah. Okay. Oh. And it's by the way, it's not because they're a sponsor. They, you know, and you could say I have a uh, um, conflict of interest. They were a sponsor for a while, but to my knowledge, they're no longer a sponsor. Right. Yeah. And you know, the True Niagen brand mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. which uh, I recommend to my patients. Yeah. And, you know, I would reassure them, you know, maybe some people come in and they say, I heard this. And, you know, I'll have to just offer the same reassurance to them. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. We've got an email from Norman. Dr. Hoffman, I stopped getting cortisone shots for spinal stenosis pain and began taking Advil with my morning coffee. That eased my lower back pain and recently wondered if it was the Advil or the coffee that was helping me. I stopped using Advil and found a strong coffee worked just as well. Huh. Later, I read how coffee can trigger endorphins oh, yeah. to help with the pain. Mm-hmm. Would you or Layla care to comment on what I found? Thank you for all your podcasts, Norman. Well, I love it that you jettisoned the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug because I think long-term yes, use of that is harmful. It is. It can affect the kidneys. It can mm-hmm. raise your blood pressure. Um, it can cause GI bleeds. GI bleeds, certainly. Yeah. Uh, but even increase the risk for stroke because paradoxically, while aspirin is a blood thinner, these things can have a pro-thrombotic effect. effect. Yeah. 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 So there is a, apparently... Uh, some evidence out there that coffee can raise endorphin. I wonder if it's the caffeine in it. We feel good, right? Right. right. Endorphins make us feel good. There's there's something going on. Well, you know, there's there's this central gating theory of pain is that let's say you stub your toe and it's all like black and blue and red and spreading all the nerves are inflamed there and it's ascending a signal. Yeah. And clearly there's tissue damage. And there's the nerves are firing there and everything's going on there. Mm-hmm. And it's going up to your brain. And your brain interprets that. And so that's the central gating theory of pain. And if you could do something centrally, uh, that's not going to make this the, your toe less red, inflamed, and bruised. Uh, but it's going to affect the way you interpret the signals that you get from your toe. Yeah. And so I, I, I find that coffee is has a euphoric effect for me. Oh, totally. And yeah. But I have to use it sparingly, otherwise that effect wears off. Yeah, it's the most psychoactive substance on the planet. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but I love my morning dose of caffeine and my right. English breakfast tea well, and the, my Earl Grey tea. The nice thing is you balance it with theanine there. Yeah. I like that effect mm-hmm. of, I'm, I'm drinking more tea in the morning. I used to drink like, well, first of all, I drink decaf. Yeah. But I do get the... the uh, caffeinated green tea or caffeinated uh, Irish breakfast tea, which is, you know, tastes great. And uh, we're getting a lot of theanine with that. And that has kind of a mellowing effect. It's not just a jangly effect. There's more L-theanine in the green tea because I can drink green tea and Mm -hmm. not feel the caffeine. I can drink a nice strong cup of English breakfast or Earl Grey. I feel it after, by the third cup, I'm feeling it. Oh, the third cup. I'm really feeling it. You put a new tea bag for the, each one? No, 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 no. Oh. I, I brew one pot. Right. It, I'm getting maybe oh. three, three and a half cups in okay. that one pot. It's just the one tea bag. Right. So, you know, I, I let it steep for a good five, six minutes. Yeah. 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 I don't know why I do this, but I'll, I'll like leave it there, and then the next morning I'll say, oh, there's a tea bag there. I'll use that old tea bag. That's a little you maybe will? too parsimonious. Oh, you're not getting the theanine in. I know. You're I not think- getting the EGCG. Certainly, that's got to be a fresh fruit cup. That's that's so for the EGCG. That's so depression era, you know, of me, you know, it's, and I didn't even live through the depression, but my parents did. <laughs> my husband would tell me a story of of his of his grandfather would take one tea bag for four cups of tea for four different people and just go down yeah. the line like that. Well, my grandfather yeah. was a big tea drinker, and he yeah. lived to be one hundred and one. Mm. This is anecdotal, but he also used to use, you know, like there was like 
uh, Jews from Eastern Europe drink tea in a glass. And he would say, I want a nice glass tea. Yes. And then he would use the crystalline sugar. Oh. The, it had to be the, oh. like the crystalline sugar. It looks like quartz. Okay. Quartz crystals. Uh-huh. You know, like a big... Wow. Yeah. And he'd throw okay. that in there. You know, and it was like, that was his, his that thing. That was the thing. Tea is great. It's also a source of the, the flavanols. Flavanols. Coming absolutely. back to the chocolate conversation. Right. Yeah. It's a wonderful uh, source of flavanols. That, apples... Uh, berries, right? Teas, yeah. I like uh, teas, teas uh, berries. I think are more flavonols. Flavonols is true. That's right. Okay, That's so true. people get confused because there was a study With about three flavonols and the flavonols, which vary just by one letter. Yes, it's flavo and, and flava. Flava and flava. and that gets me kind of crossed yeah. up. But they're polyphenols. They're all good. They're all good. They're all good. Right. Right? So, this is... This Do we have any a, final question before... Uh... We, we've got... Actually, this, this is funny. Dr. Hoffman, I'm a 75-year-old male in good health. I would like to know your opinion on magic mushrooms. I have a friend right. and a family member who want me to join right. them in, in experiencing the effects of these mushrooms. I'm not taking any medications. I'm quite healthy for my age. Do you see anything wrong with me trying them once? Well, there was this thing that was kind of popular when I was in med school. It was called a Brompton's cocktail. And the idea was, you know, if you're at the end of life, you're going to die anyway. So it could make you like this amazing, you know, put in everything. Put in some opium and put in some LSD and just, you know, just go to town. Because you're checking out anyway. I think they're doing that with ketamine now. Okay. Well, no, but ketamine for depression, but not for like end of life. Okay. Um, and, you know, with, with spotty results. But anyway, so mm-hmm. uh, there is this now thing on microdosing, which is like using tiny, tiny amounts for treatment of depression, for treatment of PTSD, mm-hmm. you know, and that this has become kind of a vogue. And I was really shocked when I went to a family gathering and this, you know, uh, ordinarily stayed uh, person in her 70s said, Oh, have you tried microdosing? And I said, "What?" She says, "Yeah, I'm doing that." You know, I re- it's like really, psychedelics are back. Yeah, but in and it's partly the result of uh, what's the guy who wrote the food book, and then he wrote uh, a book on psychedelics. Um, you know, the uh, I don't know Michael Pollan. Michael oh, Pollan. Oh, oh, Michael Pollan. Yeah. Right, right. I'm right, actually right. going to do a podcast on the subject of psychedelics okay. and their impact. So I'm not precluding the uh, potential benefits because it might be that in small doses they have effects on the neurochemistry of the brain and they don't necessarily put you on a trip. You don't have to feel disoriented or you know, feel like uh, you're having visions or hallucinations, but just the, maybe a tweak to your brain chemistry, which is very interesting. Um, huh. But it, I think it should be done under supervision and under a, kind of a research protocol. Uh-huh. Uh, because it not has, just with his family member and I, I his friends. It, I think that's a that's a risky proposition. It's a dangerous thing, and that's coming from somebody who uh, you know. I would be. I was in college, and it would be like, here, you know, take this, take that, you know, yeah. like, and we just pop these things in our mouths and go on, you know, some some kind of psychedelic trip because we were young and stupid. God knows yeah, what that was. was exactly. And I'm lucky, probably it was the to 70s. be. What I'm lucky to be alive. Right. You know? Right. Um, so you're going to write about this? Well, no, I'm going to do a podcast. You're going to uh, do a podcast? We're, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, we have a guest who's written a book on this subject. Oh, I see, I see. Because it's okay. kind of a trendy thing. Okay. So that's coming up in 23, and I'm looking forward to that. 
Lucy in the um, sky with diamonds. Yeah, but it, it, it's actually a lot of it's around psilocybin, not necessarily uh, LSD, mm-hmm. um, but psilocybin and uh, there's a thing called uh, ibogaine. I think it's called ibogaine, I-B-O-G-A-I-N-E, uh, which is from, um, I don't know, it's a toad thing. It's like some people go to Mexico to lick the toads. Oh, okay. To have like a, right. in a vision quest kind uh-huh. of thing. But when used in, in, in controlled amounts, mm-hmm. you know, where you know what you're getting. Because when you lick a toad, you know. Peyote. Yeah, peyote, that stuff. Too. <laughs> but also, you know, um, but I think it needs to be studied in a standardized form and regulated. Yeah. And certainly, I, I'm worried about the, the supply chain on this. I mean, there's Absolutely. a lot of stuff coming in that's tainted. True. And they, they and spike And if you go it. get this online, maybe there's spentanol that it's laced right. with. Who knows what we're getting. Here's my pet peeve. Hmm. People are, everybody is saying fentanyl, fentanyl. Fentanyl. It's fentanyl. Fentanyl. It's a Y-L at the end. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, everyone's saying fentanyl. Fentanyl. Fentanyl, yeah. It, it's, it just gives me <laughs> an itch, you know. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a stickler. All right, so that's about all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... We're going to do a so little... So, Norman, do it under supervision. <laughs> yeah, please do it under supervision. And, yeah. you know, there are actually... Um, there are trials, clinical trials mm-hmm. of this for depression, for OCD, for various specific maladies. And yeah. if you can enter a clinical trial, uh, you might be the beneficiary of a really good response and benefit science, yeah. you know. Yeah. But I just don't think it's ready for prime time to dibble-dabble with these things. Right. I mean, look, when you're 75, it's like, hey, you know, my, my end of life, whatever, whatever. But there's such a potential for harm. Sure. You know, that I don't yeah. think that's good. Yeah. Okay. Everybody, a reminder, questions at dearhoffman.net. We appreciate your questions. Yes, thank you very much. And if you uh, want to call the program, you can record a question at... 877-726-8255, and uh, have yourselves a great holiday. Yes. And it looks like uh, we're not going to miss a beat. We're actually going to convene between Christmas and New Year's to yes. deliver yet another one. So don't despair of us uh, being off next week. Uh, send your questions so we have some fodder. Right. For uh, the last podcast of 2022. 22. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy the holidays. Thank you, Layla. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. I'm Dr. Robert Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly, along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212. 212- Seven seven nine one seven four four. That's two one two seven seven nine one seven four four. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.